Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Law Student Bible. Glad to have you all back. Hope you enjoyed the first episode. Um, welcome to our second episode, Law 1002, studying during COVID. Today, we'll be covering uh, how the pandemic has impacted law student life and how to cope with the changes it has made to our mental, physical and academic lives. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Francesco. I'm a fourth year law and global studies student, uh, majoring in international relations, taking it one semester at a time, juggling my studies with student advocacy and other extracurricular activities. And today I'm joined by the marvelous Angelo Lin and the fantastic Bridget Brooks. How are we feeling? Good, good. Hi guys, my name is Angelo. Uh, like Frankie, I'm a fourth year uh, student um, studying commerce and law. Um, a bit about myself, my hobbies, I really enjoy running and I love playing and watching soccer. Um, COVID's been a bit, you know, boring at the moment, but every day is a new day and I'm always looking uh, for new things to do uh, during the COVID period. Um, how about you, Bridget? Hey, everyone. Um, yeah, so I'm Bridget. I'm also in my fourth year. I'm doing law and commerce as well. Um, so I would say my main hobbies outside of studying are just going to the gym, hanging out with my friends. I have a cat that I really love. Um, yeah, so my life has changed a bit during COVID. Obviously, a few of those things can't really do the same way as before, but getting through it and making changes and yeah. Not too bad. Perfect. Um, so we'll go on to our next segment. Um, so today we're going to be touching on about how we're coping with online study uh, studies and assessment, as well as mental health and well-being. Um, so there've obviously been major changes to how we study. Of course, it's all online. All the lectures and tutorials are conducted online. How are we all feeling? How are we coping with the current um, environment? I'm enjoy. I'm I'm sort of like enjoying it as much as I can, trying to embrace it. Um, I mean, you know, we're stuck in this situation. I think the first week or so, I was quite disappointed and upset and and kicking myself. But now, I think I've gone into the rhythm of it. Um, I think the biggest change and shock to this semester was probably the the removal, the the death. Um, rest in peace to the unit guide, which which I don't know about you two, but I definitely loved. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to, to a new semester, uh, definitely looking forward to a two week semester two break. Um, but yeah, it's been, been quite a few changes. What, what are, what are your feelings about the whole new way of studying? I'm actually finding it a lot easier to balance my time when we're doing stuff online. Um, I know everyone's not the same, but I actually find it easier to sit down and watch a lecture when I don't have to leave my living room to attend it. Agreed. I'm usually in my uh, pajamas, <laughs> watching the lectures and tutorials in my own comfort of my own house. Um, how 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 were the exams last semester? How did you guys cope with it? Any? We obviously heard that there were oh numerous technical difficulties with the exams. How 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 did you guys go? I was pretty lucky, um, I think, that I didn't have any major issues 
Um, I sat three law exams using the safe exam browser last semester. And I mean, they weren't easy. They were still tough exams, but there were no extra difficulties for myself personally um, with online exams. Yeah, I think that was a big worry of mine. Uh, I just remember when it was all announced that we were going to use a safe exam browser that logged out, logged us out of everything on our computer and that we had to have someone, um, an invigilator on a phone, sort of watching us the whole time. I was, I was very sort of nervous and then I was sort of paranoid, uh, I guess, to put it lightly, once I started seeing the threads of Facebook horror stories from other law students of, of their answers being wiped out and, and, you know, some horrible worst case scenarios you'd never want on an e-exam. But thankfully, nothing, nothing like that eventuated for myself. So, so I was quite um, encouraged by that. And yeah, it wasn't too bad of an experience. I think, you know, I think it's, it was in some respects less daunting having just my phone in the background rather than a human being, which might be sniffling or coughing or, thinking that they're whispering quite quietly to, uh, to a colleague when it sounds like you're in an echo chamber in a big example. But um, apart from that, it was, it was quite good. I, I thought it was okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I did feel like I got to a point where the, I had more stress and anxiety about the technology failing during the exam like leading up to the exam period than I did about the content of my exams themselves. There was a huge feeling, um, I think, across all of Monash law of just confusion and stress of the and fear of the unknown. Oh, definitely, definitely. I, I definitely had that sentiment as well. Um, like I was I was petrified the, the day of my exam, just hoping that nothing went wrong. Uh, but Angelo, I think you had a bit of a different experience from Bridget and myself, but there was a bit of a silver lining there as well. Do you want to dabble into that a little bit? Yeah. So my overall thoughts about um, e-invigilated exams are, well, you, you're in the comfort of, of your own house. So you can technically wake up 20 minutes before your exam and then just log into the Zoom. And I reckon uh, exam venues can be quite intimidating. Everyone, like there are rows and rows of tables and there are people guiding you where to sit and it can get a bit intimidating. So I thought, E, uh, like take-home exams or e-invigilated e exams were quite stress-free in that regard. Um, uh, the, the only horror story that came out of my experience was my safe exam browser software actually crashed in the middle of one of my exams. And I immediately told the invigilator, he said, just refresh the screen. And lo and behold, a big chunk of my answers went missing and that added to the stress tenfold. Um, I was sitting there and all the, uh, all the people uh, behind the scenes, the IT people, they were trying to get my exam back to where it was. Fortunately, my exams couldn't be recovered. So I had to start from scratch at a particular point during my exam. I guess the silver lining for that was, you know, if, as cliche as it sounds, if you get knocked back down, don't give up and keep on going, which was what I ended up doing. Yeah, I was just going to ask, Ange, when that happened during your exam, did they give you extra time to make up for what you lost? So when they were trying to figure it out? 
yeah, they, they, they did give me extra time. Luckily, prior to the exam, and this is one advice that I'd tell um, first year students, if you do get a marking scheme for your exam, do plan out your writing or your noting and reading time, um, as well as how much time you're going to spend each question and the actual time itself. For example, you're going to start question three at 2 p.m., um, which was something that I did. And I took it, I had taken a mental note of the times that I was, I was supposed to start a certain question. And they initially gave me 10 minutes, which was not enough and quite unfair for the amount I'd written and the amount I'd lost. Um, but I'd have told them that I had started that particular question um, 30 minutes ago. So they were quite kind. They, were, they actually granted me that extra 30 minutes and I was able to complete that exam in, um, like I, I was in the position I was in before the actual uh, hindrance. Yeah, I remember I, I was so scared uh, during one of my exams. They, they usually ask you, oh, do you have any questions before you start? And, and I just made sure, I said, look, worst case scenario, if something were to happen, what, what, what are my options? What do I do? And I found them quite nice as well. They were quite understanding and sympathetic. And they said, look, we've got some mental health people on standby. We've got some people from eSolutions. So if you ever have any problems, doesn't matter what it is, just reach out. And I think that stands in quite a bit of contrast to, I guess, the lack of communication that there was about how the platform would work, which I guess uh, at the end of the day, we can't change. And, and despite the advocacy from both the MSA and the Law Student Society, big shout out to both of them for, for trying their hardest. Um, the law faculty sort of unfortunately uh, didn't heed, I guess, some of the concerns. But beyond that, I think, I think the bigger issue was maybe just the, the lack of communication and clarity into how everything would work and what happens if something does go wrong. Um, but yeah, I think, I guess, a positive note is for those who did experience some issues, they were given the time um, and, and from, from the majority of stories I read and heard, given the time that they adequately deserved and, and needed to try and reattempt those questions, but definitely a very stressful um, uh, position to be in. And I remember you personally like messaging and saying throughout the holidays, just you didn't get to have a holiday basically because you were worried about that deferred exam. And I couldn't imagine what it was like for, for all those students that had to sit a deferred exam. Um, yeah, just not a great time uh, for them, unfortunately. Mm, it's a learning experience for the university, especially the faculty itself and, and for the students as well. Um, do you guys have any tips for first years just in general? Because they obviously haven't experienced university um, in the physical sense because of COVID. Any tips and tricks about um, where to study, where to get the best coffee? I mean, once we do get back on campus, my personal favourite coffee is at St. Arlie's at Clayton. Um, really nice little spot there. And all the baristas are super lovely. So highly recommend that one from me. Um, I just, I had someone actually tell me where that was because I actually didn't know that was a, a place on campus. It's just, it's a cute little spot um, positioned behind, near the bubble tea outlet, but behind the religious centre, I think. Yeah, that's um, the one. Yeah, but I'd say just make the most of uni life. Just just explore the campus, see what there is around, um, and just make the most of everything. Like it's such a huge campus. I think it's 
it's up there in terms of the biggest in Australia. So just have a little wonder and, and just find what there is, like the, in terms of coffees, food, just places to hang out, um, libraries to study in. Yeah, because it's, it's massive. And, and if you just go to and from the law, like from the bus stop to the law building and, and that's the extent of your uni life, um, I think it's definitely going to be a very limited one and maybe not a very happy one for you. Uh, so definitely, you know, have a little wonder. It's almost like a city within a city. So, yeah, make the most of it. That'd be my advice. And you can always book your discussion uh, discussion room. So, for example, if you have an assignment coming up or you, if you really want a quiet study space that's free from people, we can always book online. Um, it's quite a simple process. Um, you can book... Uh, rooms in the law library or you can alternatively you can you can just study up in the menzies they're obviously free rooms when tutorials aren't running um yeah just head on over and you've got a whole room to yourself i'd also just mention just for more of a studying during covid situation though i think for now um just don't don't take your grades uh to heart i think a lot of people who got into law um especially if their first years maybe did quite well in VCE um, and their grades are something that very, you know, they, they pride themselves on and something which they've worked incredibly hard towards in their final year of high school. Um, I think, you know, university is quite difficult and challenging um, compared to sort of year 12. So if your grades do take a bit of a knock, don't stress. But beyond that, you know, you do have the options to um, not have your WAM and grades impacted by your scores this year. So, so I guess don't, don't stress yourselves out. Um, it's already stressful enough as it is this year with everything going on. So, so don't let the, um, as hard, like it's easier said than done, but don't try not to let the stresses of um, academic studies get you down. Yeah, totally agree with that. I think it's super important to make sure that not only are you not so worried about the grades themselves but also it's a really hard time in general to make sure that you're you know more than ever getting that time away from study and spreading your time across you know your hobbies and your friends and taking care of yourself physically and mentally especially when we're at home all the time it's easy for everything to just blur together um so i think it's really important to you know, keep up the work and study and life balance as best as we can. So one thing that is so important during lockdown and COVID is keeping a really good, healthy, you know, work, study, social life balance. So how have you guys been finding, you know, keeping all those things balanced? Have you stuck to a routine or has it been more of a struggle? Frankie, how have you been with it? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more actually. I think it's super important to, to try and maintain that routine. I think a massive struggle at the moment is sort of, you know, I do my work from home, my studies and extracurriculars all at my desk in my bedroom um, with my computer and I'm basically in front of a computer all day. Uh, so I think it's, trying to separate those lives where, you know, before it was distinct, there was a workplace, there was a university campus, there was my home, there were other places which I'd be and and that really helps, I think, mentally to just sort of keep you motivated, keep you refreshed and keep you sort of um, 
just sort of mentally fit, I think. Uh, now that's not there anymore. So I think it's really important and I've tried my best. Um, I've got a planner. I've even, you know, resorted to printing out like daily run sheets and hanging them up on my wall uh, just to try and make sure I'm not spending hours and hours just in my room and then I have to go back to bed and wake up and do the same thing. Um, but yeah, you know, I've been trying to try and just break up my schedule. So if I've got like a meeting, um, so I'm part of clubs and societies of the MSA. So if I've got a meeting, I might take a half hour break to go eat something or spend some time with, you know, my parents and have a chat to them or go for a run or just do anything else um, apart from being in front of the screen. Um, and yeah, yeah, look, routine wise, when it comes to things like sleeping patterns, not the best. Uh, I, I try my best to try and like bed before 12, try and get up at seven, but I do, I do occasionally, and, and I am guilty of this, slip into like going to bed at 1, 2 a.m., getting up maybe 10 o'clock and, and after that. So yeah, it's, it's up and down. I've actually found I've been getting way more sleep than I ever would before because I don't know what it is. Maybe I just have nothing else to do <laughs> but go to bed. But yeah, I think usually I'm in bed at 10 o'clock and then alarm at 7.30 every morning. So that's been one thing actually that's been really good for me. What about you, Angelo? Yeah, I reckon because of COVID, we have more time to do what we want to do because we're not needing to travel elsewhere. And most of the time we're stuck at home. Um, so in terms of sleep, 10 o'clock is very early for me. I, I like Frankie, I, I tend to sleep at around 12 or, or one. Um, sometimes it's procrastination. Sometimes it's just getting uh, like a study task done. So currently I'm working in retail two days a week. Um, my workplace is classified as an essential service. So um, it's mostly click and collect at the moment. Um, in terms of uh, exercise, I exercise about an hour a day and I try to do that three to four times a week. Um, I reckon it's really good on the, uh, your mental health and well-being. If you're ever feeling down or lonely or depressed, exercise is probably the best medicine um, for that. Um, social life, I've been, well, I have a group chat with some of my close mates. So been using that to uh, communicate with them. And in terms of balancing what I need to do each day, um, I've got a whiteboard that I do write my daily tasks down. And that really helps me um, get on track with what I really need to do. And it keeps me grounded. In terms of exercise, though, it I, I do recommend it. Uh, for everyone, even though it's COVID at the moment, um, the government still encourages people to exercise at least an hour a day. Um, and famous people, for example, The Rock, they say that exercise acts as an anchor to your day. So if you don't have an anchor to your day, you might feel that you're going through your day with no direction, with no sail. But yeah, if you do exercise, it will keep you motivated throughout the rest of the day. And that's probably the best recommendation I could provide during this time. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. One thing I think that it's really important to remember though, is that that's, it's not necessary to put heaps of pressure on yourself to be like achieving amazing goals or like 
acing some new hobby, like some obscure hobby that you've always wanted to try. Like it is a really tough time for a lot of people right now. So I think it's also important to, you know, not put pressure on yourself. And if you're just doing what you need to do to get by every day, like that's also enough. But also recommend getting outside, getting some fresh air, getting some exercise in. It will make you feel a lot better. 100%. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, How many times did you say you, you worked out a week? Six. Six. Or seven. I wish I could match that. <laughs> Frankie, before you were talking about uh, clubs and societies work that you're doing, do you want to elaborate more on that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I might as well just add to your praise of Bridget, though. Just, just um, I, I know I tried to make a makeshift home gym. Uh, have I used it much? Not really. Um, so, so the fact that you're exercising and, and working out six or seven times a week, mad respect that is that is yeah phenomenal uh but no um (laughs) i think i think in terms of keeping a routine and just making sure uh you're okay part of that is staying socially connected i know for me personally i'm not a person who who messages very well a lot of my friends if i'm in group chats they always make fun of me that i'm the friend who never actually responds or engages because i'm just the type of person that i'll just bump into people for a coffee I'll, I'll always see people on campus. I, I arrange times to actually like meet with them properly, sit down, have a chat. Um, and I've never been used to sort of the messaging uh, sort of sphere of socialization. COVID has, has made me um, warm up to that quite a bit. Seeing that, you know, physically interacting with people is, is sort of impossible um, at the moment. Uh, but I think, you know, a lot of the things that we usually do and, and myself, you know, I've been involved with clubs for a while. I, I uh, I was part of the um, International Affairs Society and the Italian uh, Club at Monash, and now I'm part of um, the Clubs and Societies Division of the MSA. So another big thing that I love is just seeing the like 110 plus clubs we have on campus going to their events um, because it's just like awesome people, people like us that just try and have pretty social get-togethers, fun times, good vibes, um, and just try and yeah provide for our community and you know. The switch to online has also impacted them um, quite significantly, but a lot of them have taken quite well to the online sphere and a lot of first years, especially, they might be thinking, oh, what do I actually do to socialize? How can I get to meet new people? And I'd say just, um, you know, go to the CNS website, um, just like look out for clubs on campus, Um, just, you know, type in on Facebook, just do a random, you know, club search. If, If you you know, for example, um, if, if you think, oh, I wonder if there's an Italian club at Monash, just type in Monash Italian and, you know, chances are it will pop up. And a lot of these clubs are having events. Um, it's a great way to just engage with people you never otherwise could. And, and it's a great way to keep socially connected. And beyond that, with the friends that you already have, you know, reach out to them, organise a Zoom, organise a FaceTime call. Um, those little interactions mean so much. And I think really getting involved in a community and having that support network that comes from that is so crucial to just maintain your your mental health, maintaining a bit of a routine and just really feeling or or helping you feel as if, you know, not a whole bunch has changed, sort of keeping with that normal life that we're so used to um, as much as we can. Yeah, I do really agree with the benefits. Just adding on further with that, apart from joining a particular club, 
um, you can always get involved in, in clubs and societies. So you can actually apply to become a, a committee member. Um, for example, Frankie is part of the Italian club. Um, and I've been part of clubs since, I guess, the second half of first year. So I was part of the Chinese club. And you do really get to get in touch with your culture. Um, but you also, through being involved in the club, you, you learn the know-hows of administration. And I think that's very important for, you know, future workplaces that you might work at. Uh, I, I really agree with what you said, Angelo, uh, in terms of, you know, the, the skills and, and real things you can get out of being involved in an actual club committee, not just being a member. Um, and even, you know, it really forges great friendships uh, because you're working alongside people. You always have to keep in touch. And at the end of the day, you sort of realise that we're all students. Um, and I think just being involved towards some sort of common goal and something which you're actually passionate about really helps form friendships, support networks, and those people that you can reach out to in times like these. And just for an example off the top of my head, almost every faculty has a club. So whether you're, you know, a law student, accounting, actuarial, whether you like playing board games, um, you're musical, whether you're, you know, of African, Asian, European heritage, there's a club for you. Um, you know, there's, there's a permaculture club, a biological club. Um, there, there's so many clubs on campus. It, it is not even, you know, like, it's, it's not even a joke. Uh, there's literally something for everyone. Um, so I just say get involved. Like we even have, you know, like a cosplay society. Um, so there's so much to get involved with. There's almost everything. Oh, even religious clubs, um, spiritual clubs. So just get involved, have a look out there, dabble in it. And yeah, just, just try and find ways to, to replace those normal opportunities, um, to just meet new people, um, have a great time and, and just stay connected. So moving on to the next segment, uh, mental health and well-being is probably the most popular topic uh, at this point of, uh, in time. Um, COVID has really affected people's mental health and well-being, but there are ways to mitigate the issues that people face. Um, for example, apps like Simple Habit are really good. Breathing exercises really help calm the stress levels down. So Frankie and Bridget, are there any um, tips and tricks that you'd like to share with our audience regarding mental health? Yeah, so I can say like recently, like I've struggled a bit, like I work at a gym. So obviously my workplace is closed. So I haven't worked in a while, which means, you know, less income, um, all the sort of stuff that comes along with that, as well as like the people I work with, uh, some of my really good friends so the social part of going to work has sort of been taken away at the same time um, I'm lucky enough to be on um, like job seeker youth allowance um, which has really helped but on top of that like we have stayed in touch with work friends we've had uh, almost weekly zoom catch-ups we've done trivia all that sort of stuff um, yeah so just staying in touch with people and taking a one day at a time and knowing that it's temporary, like things will go back the way they were, even if it's taking a bit longer than we initially thought, um, we will get there. Like I've found that I've 
felt really tired of just everything that's been going on. So I have um, taken a step back from, you know, watching the news or following everything in really close detail, um, especially, you know, in the last few weeks, month or so, just because it's so persistent, like the negativity in the media and on social media. Um, yeah, so that would be my biggest tip is just take a step back from the negativity and focus on the things that make you feel good and the people that are close to you um, and just make sure you've got support systems in place that are there to, you know, step up when you need them. Definitely. I think I'm just going to pick up on, on a few of the things you both have mentioned, um, but, but sort of provide a different spin on it. Um, in terms of, you know, a lot of people are going through difficulties at the moment. Um, I know, you know, we've sort of touched on how our experiences, at least with this semester and academically, haven't been too excruciating or burdensome. Um, but I think just being aware that other people um, might not be in the same situation or might be in, in a much worse situation. You know, they, they may have you know, lost their job. They may have taken a significant financial hit. They may be socially isolated. Um, and their academic sort of the change, the huge change to how we study and just interact and go to uni can be quite immense for some people. So I think just being mindful of that um, and, and just reaching out to people, you know, just, just, just check in with people, see how they are, try and have a frank conversation. And I think trying to destigmatize um, issues with mental health because, you know, some people it's just sort of stress or burnout. Some people have, have anxiety. Some people have, you know, more, more serious um, sort of difficulties that they're experiencing, such as depression. Uh, and I think just be mindful, just, just be respectful, be kind, and just check in with those people. You know, a lot of people, they go through things and, and it might not be super clear, um, and they may put up a bit of a front to show that they are happy, but just really checking in, make sure, you know, not just when you're on a call, oh, hey, how you going? How's your week been? Sort of superficial, but really like, hey, you know, you know how, how is everything? Um, you know, how are you actually feeling? Has this taken a toll on you? Like real more uh, understanding questions and even opening up yourself can sometimes invite people to, to be a bit more honest and frank about how they might be feeling. Um, so I think that's, that's super important as well. Um, and I think just knowing that there are people out there that can support and help you, uh, whether that be, you know, your social network um, or even people outside that. So I know the university offers, um, you know, counselling. I think as part of government programs, um, you know, you can see a counsellor for, for a number of amount of sessions. I can't remember how many, but for free. And then after that, um, there is a cost involved, but it's always good to just, if you need some extra help or someone to support you. Um, I've heard from friends that, you know, the Monash counsellors are amazing. Like they are the most supportive, genuine people um, on the planet. Uh, MSA Welfare has a whole bunch of resources and people who are always happy to help. And then there's the Monash Mindfulness Department. So if you're a bit more stressed or, or just feeling a bit out of sorts, um, rather than having a bit more of a, a, a difficult thing you're experiencing, like they're always a good place to hit up as well. Um, but yeah, I think also just if you just need a bit more sort of mental grounding, uh, an awesome app, uh, it's called Smiling Mind. It's really good for mindfulness and meditation. So Smiling Mind, it's free. Um, and also just sort of websites like reachout.com, are you okay? Um, and, and sort of other organisations which provide free, really helpful resources are always great to just keep in mind and just know that, 
you know, whether it's someone, you know, that's close to you, someone you love, or it's yourself, just, just know that you're not alone. Yeah, 100% agree with everything you said. Um, it's good to acknowledge when you're feeling down or depressed. It's better to acknowledge it than keep in the back of your mind and try to ignore it. And it's okay to admit to people that you are feeling down because it, mental health and well-being and suicide, they're highly correlated. Yeah, I might just, just touch on just for, for people that might not be, because I, I realise the, the topic's become a bit heavy. <laughs> so just maybe to just before we wrap up, just to sort of lighten up the mood, I think, um, you know, just, just general, general habits that you can keep in your day-to-day life. And we've sort of touched on this. But recently I sat down with um, the, the head of the Monash Mindfulness Department, Dr. Craig Hassed, and he gave me this cool acronym they use in the medical faculty. It's, it's called ESSENCE. Basically, it stands for a few things. I'm not going to go into great detail, but just make sure you keep a good schedule so you go to sleep, you know, not too late and, and wake up early. Getting, getting that seven to nine hours of sleep is so important. Getting exercise, and it doesn't have to be like an intense workout. It could just be, you know, five-minute intervals two to three times a day even. Um, he said makes like a world of difference. Making sure that, you know, you're just self-aware, getting in touch with your emotions, being able to speak about them honestly, um, keeping socially, you know, connected and getting out of your house, just experiencing nature, hearing the birds, you know, seeing, um, you know, being amongst, you know, nature, getting some fresh air. He said just, and even, you know, having good nutrition, uh, making sure you don't fall into really, you know, bad eating habits. Um, all these things put together can really, really boost your, your mental health um, and just how you're feeling. Um, so, yeah, I just thought we'd uh, just to lighten the mood a little bit. Um, just touch on that for, for especially just because that applies to everyone, um, even people that, you know, may never have considered their mental health or think they have no issues, just um, some good practices to, to be maintaining in your everyday life. So that brings us to the end of today's episode of the Law Student Bible. Thank you so much for tuning in and thank you, Frankie and Angie, for chatting today. You shared some really insightful tips and tricks about coping with study and everything else during COVID. If you want to stay up to date with the Law Student Bible, follow us on Spotify and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at the Law Student Bible. If you want, leave us a comment with a question or some feedback. We'd love to hear from you and have a great week.